Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Come in. Smash that subscribe. Just come and smash that like and come join us in the chat because this is like a true um, fan experience type show because we are... It's, it's like sitting around a, a restaurant, a bar, a living room, or wherever, trying to debate who, who, how should we schedule this new SEC? Because, and we'll be doing that coming up in just a little bit. Um, we finish our Thursday show uh, with a you know a deep dive explainer on Texas and Oklahoma being stuck. You know, we go really in in depth into everything that's holding up and how they're not going to be able to get out early. And daggum it. Thursday night, we get news that it's actually happening. So Texas and Oklahoma will be joining the SEC for 2024. There's some continued fallout from that um, that includes, you know, what the Big 12 is going to do. Reports indicating that they are going to aggressively pursue expansion. We'll see what that means. Um, again, in a little, just a little bit, we will be getting into creating the ideal SEC schedule uh, for this expanded conference. But since we had kind of a strong opinion on it, got to hold ourselves accountable. Surprised that this thing flipped so quick in terms of the the narrative and the way that we were talking about the future of the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma. I'm surprised how little Fox got out of it based on the reports. Like well, I thought, I thought they could have gotten more, but maybe they just wanted to get it done. That, yeah, I surprised. I mean, we we were hard. We were like, look at all these things that are going to prevent it from happening. We had pretty strong opinions that this was going to get held up, and so I, I, I think it's kind of weird to spell Tom W E because like I I don't know like like I just said like this is all about Fox ESPN and you know I I, I don't know like I, I'm not shocked I guess I, I, <laughs> let's let's pull the tape on that one. I, I'm not that surprised either. I don't remember what I said. I don't know. I, I I don't know if it was Radio Row last week. I don't know what happened. It was a, it's been a whirlwind the last couple of weeks. I'll say this: like everything else, like remember the playoff, the 12 team expansion, not going to happen. Nope, too late. Too many people holding this thing up. It's all about the money, and usually it gets done. It's, it's especially when you have as much incentive as everyone in the powerful positions does. I think it's great though. I'm glad we're getting it. I wish we could start it this year. Like, let's just make it happen sooner rather than later. Because as much fun as it's going to be having Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 with those four new teams, it's going to be kind of weird, yeah. you know, knowing that they're leaving. Like, there's, it's just, but it's only in college football. It's the beautiful uh, flaws of our sport that we love. But the money is why I didn't think it was going to happen. That's fair. Be- because I thought my my opinion was Fox has Big 12 television rights for the next few years. 
Fox was not going to give up the most valuable part of the Big 12 package, which is Texas and Oklahoma games, and give them to ESPN just in time for its brand new all-exclusive SEC package without getting something significant in return. Now, I mean, I guess they're getting some money. Yeah, no, that 100 mil is going to the schools. The Big 12 is dividing that among the remaining schools. That's not going to Fox. Hmm. And then I think Fox is getting like a Michigan-Texas game, which I get because that's going to do huge ratings. But to me, I don't know. I just, it's kind of weird to me. Maybe, maybe the plan now for Fox, uh, I don't, should we just re- recklessly speculate? Because Chip, you yes. mentioned yes. The, the Big 12 is looking to expand. Maybe Fox's plan is, okay, we'll get rid of, we'll let Oklahoma, Texas go. So that way we could steer a- the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah to the Big 12. And then we can get our late night slot for the big 12 and we could redo our TV deal with them. So that way they've got Pacific time zone and mountain time zone schools. And we could do our big 12 during the morning or afternoon, depending on our big noon Saturday slate. And then at the end of the night in prime time, we could have our late night big 12 games. Are we sure that uh, Fox isn't getting 20 million out of this? Cause some people in the chat are saying that, that Fox gets 20 million. The rest, the rest of the schools get 80. Oh, and that's the, how the hundred gets split up. Apparently like that would make a little more sense. That I, makes, I haven't seen yeah. that reported. But I yeah, I, that's the thing. I never saw money. I never saw figures reported anywhere. I just saw that a hundred million was going to get divided between the remaining ten schools or twenty million. Uh, is such chump change when you're talking about the billion dollar annual deals. That's deal. yeah, and that's why it's like I thought Fox could have gotten a lot more, but I guess they just wanted to get it over with so they could start doing their next thing. I don't also, know. I mean, do you think there's some goodwill there at all? I mean, I know the networks don't love each other, but with the expansion coming, you know, 2026 with the TV deals opening up. Maybe there's something there where they want to at least keep a little bit of, you know, a healthy relationship so they can get a piece of that. I also wonder if the Big 12 didn't push Fox on this because it might be looking to act before the Pac-12 gets its act together. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Like, to go ahead and strike before they can get those, like whether it's Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, yeah. Utah, some combination or all of the package that before they sign up to a grant of rights for another eight years or so, let's let's be able to go ahead and move quickly. And I'm sure Fox is a pretty good idea of how those TV negotiations are going too. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the university presidents motivated by money as they look ahead of the enrollment cliff of 2026. And over the next hour, I'll be going over how the birth rate debt during the recession. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but we had a listener. I'm, I'm going to bring this up a little later. The enrollment cliff of 2025 and 2026, something I had not actually thought about until a listener brought it up. Um, but I think we'll save that for a future episode because Marcus Freeman continues to have an, an incredibly unique challenge in terms of being so early in his head coaching tenure, so early in his time as being a head coach. Tommy Reese leaves to take the job at Alabama. He's got to make a new offensive coordinator hire. All signs are pointing to that being Utah's Andy Ludwig, a name that we had mentioned off the top, sort of one of your you know, top five or six respected, hotter names in terms of offensive coordinators that could be uh, you know, moving up a tier. We also have some shakeup as Notre Dame's losing its offensive line coach. Uh, the news coming out sort of during the Super Bowl that uh, we would have Harry Heastand retiring, longtime offensive line coach there at in South Bend. If it's Andy Ludwig, and it certainly seems that we're going that way, and we're also going to have to be making an offensive line uh an offensive line coach hire. What's the what? What do the shifting winds say about what Notre Dame's going to look like on offense here in the next year or two? I think just personnel wise, they're almost guaranteed to be better on offense than they were last year because of the quarterback injuries and because I I do think and Notre Dame fans listen to this. 
I think some of the young guys they have will probably progress and be a lot better than what they had. Um, and I think Ludwig, from a coaching standpoint, is probably an upgrade over Tommy Reese if, if he's indeed the guy that gets the job. But Harry Highstand, from a coaching and development standpoint, I, I thought did a really nice job there for – how long was he there? Like a, a, a decade? More? He, I, I, he wasn't – he was there in two stints. Like he left for a while right. and then came back because he was with the Bears for a while too. I mean, I think he's probably a really good football coach, and offensive line coach is one of the most important assistant hires that that you make in, in any coaching staff search. So, uh, I mean, if you're Harry Heisting, my guess the reason he retired is just like I think he and Reese were pretty tight, and maybe just doesn't want to go through another transition of of, of system. And I don't know how old he is, but uh, yeah, Freeman has some big hires to make here, and I wonder who Ludwig would prefer uh, to be his O line coach. And that that is, by the way, yes a decision that offensive coordinators oftentimes make like that. Yeah, because that's really tied. Like with your, with your system that you're running, like different systems require different kinds of offensive linemen and different, you know, di- that want them to do different things. So you need an offensive line coach that meshes with what you want. I-, I think Harry was a very good offensive line coach. Like Bud was saying, he's produced and developed a lot of NFL offensive linemen and good Notre Dame offensive lines and, just good offensive lines generally anywhere he's been. But I would think that it's a combination of a new OC coming in. And then just the fact that if you look at Marcus Freeman and his approach, like, you know, he's got, he puts an emphasis on recruiting. I think Harry is reaching a point where it's like, he's not really interested in doing the recruit. Yeah. So I'm saying he's not really interested in driving around the country all the time, sitting in people's living rooms. I think he's reached the point in his life where he's like, eh, no, I think I'd rather just coach ball or not at all goes back to the interesting conversation we had when Tommy Reese left. Sam Hartman is the one I keep wondering about who all of this impacts. You know, I mean, he's going there. So now he's not only going to be learning. Like, if you had elevated from within to be the offensive coordinator, it's the same system for everybody else, and you're just the only one learning it. Now you could potentially have an entire offense learning a new system under Andy Ludwig. So that's going to make the transition just that much. It's a little bit trickier for Sam Hartman. So I'm very curious to see – you know, and he does—he doesn't have any say in this position, so he's going to be given. I'm assuming he went to Notre Dame because of Tommy Reese. You know, I mean, I know Mark Freeman's the head coach, but when you are recruited as a quarterback, you want to talk to the play caller, who you're going to be dealing with on a daily basis in game. And if that has changed now, you just—I guess your fingers are crossed. Like, I hope we get along. You know, and I think they're completely different personalities too. I, Tommy Reese, pretty fiery guy. I think Ludwig's a little more kind of straight straight line kind of boring personality and it's just it's like a little thing i know you can work with anybody but i think it's going to make it a little bit trickier for hartman i don't think the offenses are all that different honestly as far as the schemes and what they're trying to do like it's it's run focused a lot of tight end stuff does this sound familiar to you if you're a notre dame fan like <laughs> i think andy ludwig has had far more success and i think it's got you know you've seen it as far as an offensive coordinator and i think sam hartman will be just fine and i don't think it's it's not the same but i don't think it's that drastically different than what he came to play in he wants to the, the way the narrative is being spun is he wants to play in an offense that is going to put together a better tape for mm-hmm. nfl teams mm-hmm. pro style means anything these days but it certainly is not a lot of the slow mesh concepts that they were running at wake forest and so andy ludwig's at least going to put him in a position for that danny am i off to think that this might help sam hartman because he is going to be stepping into a situation where if everybody's starting from scratch it would benefit everyone to do things that are going to work for sam hartman like there's not going to be much 
um, you, you are going to have to bend to this. And that was already maybe going to happen when Tommy Reese was gone. But I, I think starting from scratch for building up this offense, having Sam be right there on square one with everyone else, I thought that that might help him in his performance. Is that crazy? No, it could. I mean, and if anything, it probably will force some of the guys that may have been complacent and be like, hey, he's got to figure it out, get those extra routes in the offseason, spring ball, you have that much more of a sense of urgency. Tom brought up something interesting, though, and this is this varies by school because a lot of the concepts are the same. I mean, I you know was following one of these uh, sites that put out play schemes, and they said, hey, what do you call this? And I was like, oh, that was uh, 344 Cadillac when I was at Florida State. And I'll never forget, I was trying to learn this new play when I was with the Giants. And um, the um, George Henshaw was the offensive coordinator who actually spent time at Florida State like 15 years previous. And he's like, hey, he's like, and the play was B234 quarterback pass, wing eight, Y8, uh, wing eight, Y6. And he's like, hey, he's like, you know, you see this play? I was like, yeah, he goes, that's 344 Cadillac. And I was like, and he's like, the only difference is the back is in the flat as opposed to over the ball. And he's like, you read it the same. Everything's the same concept. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, and it clicked. I was like, okay, now I got it. The interesting thing about terminology is does Andy Ludwig come in and be given all the verbiage for formations, motions, protections, and then he learns them and all the Notre Dame players already are familiar? Or does he come in and say, this is my system. This is how I've called it. You guys all have to learn it like that. And regardless, Sam Hartman's learning a new language. Most likely there'll be some carryovers and some, you know, terminology that'll be similar. But a lot of times that's where the language comes in a little bit different. That's what Bama uh, is is notable for doing under, under the last about 10 years of, of Nick is he makes you come in and learn their their verbiage. Yeah, that was incredible. These are on the players. Yeah. Players only have 20 hours a week. You know, I just want to go back to the play call. What was the play called? Yeah. Which one? 344 Cadillac was the keep it simple, stupid Florida State stuff. It was, this was, I didn't even give the formation. It would be King Wright trip B234 quarterback pass wing eight Y6. <laughs> so good. And that See, was for I just want to put like, what, So King is your personnel call. King is the formation. And so, oh, like, okay. I, I would be just straight I backfield. Sure. King would be the fullback offset. Queen would be the uh, fullback offset to the left, like strong or weak. I know it's kind of sexist. We better watch out. We don't want to get Dan Reeves in trouble. But it was king and queen. You know, like, so everything really did have a seam. Red was split backfield. That's kind of universal. You know, mm -hmm. I right, I left. Those are universal. Red right, red left. You know, split backfields. And then the the thing that was funny about it is, like, most systems, the, the terminology gets very verby. B was, for some reason, a seven-step drop because it was Q would have been a, like, if you said, uh, Q hot Louie would have meant like a, and hot means you're in a scat protection, no backs. Uh, Louie means they're sliding up front to the left, but Q meant three step drop. M was a five step drop. B was a, a seven step drop. But to me, it never made any sense because Q made sense quick. M mid B, I was never told like a T would have been D. Maybe, maybe bottom like of the drop? Possibly. I don't know. But the thing that really threw me off in Dan Reeves' system. He played with Tom Landry, and he used the same terminology. So he referred to the tight end as X and the X wide oh. receiver as Y. So oh. when he said wing eight, that's a post, Y6 is actually, in my mind, it's the X receiver running a uh -huh. deep in cut, but he called it wing eight, Y6. That was what I was struggling with when George Henshaw, because I kept looking for the tight end on a deep you know, cross, and he's running a like a drag across the bottom. And it was, that's like those little things. 
So if anything, like my rookie year, I was also I was learning a new system, but I was learning a new system that was kind of backwards when they flip flop the X and Y. It was bizarre. All I had to know was who to block and which side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, and and for those who are asking, as we are sitting here, the the hire has not been um, officially announced, but. Uh, reputable sources uh, certainly are pointing to that being Utah's offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, getting the job with Notre Dame. And then again, replacing the offensive line coach. Uh, that might take just a little bit more time, I might suspect. Well, we are going to get it. Not in 2023, but in 2024, we will have an SEC with 16 teams. How do you schedule a 16-team conference. We've never had that problem or that opportunity before, so we're going to do it right here, live on the Cover 3 podcast. The best-case scenario for the new SEC schedule. Next. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So as we do this exercise, we're going to do our best to be able to provide context for the many, many, many uh, of those in our audience who are listening, but let, this is a good one to be watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash cover three, because we got visuals to be able to help us work our way through this exercise. Uh, to begin, I at least want to provide a little bit of clarification. We are going to operate with something that we've discussed here on the cover three podcast. And I think we all agree on, we're going to go with the nine game conference schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, the, the two models that are, the most popular is an eight-game schedule uh, with a one-seven-seven rotation, and then a nine-game schedule with a three-six-six rotation. Uh, both of these scenarios are not pods. Greg Sankey has said multiple times on the record that they are not exploring pods. In which case, you would have your little group of four, and you'd all play each other. So it's just going to be protected rivalries, either one protected rivalry or three protected rivalries. And we are going to use the three, six, six, nine game method because then we've got a really tough, really tough, uh, you know, logic problem to figure out, which is how do we line up all these teams and which rivalries get protected and which rivalries get cut. Bud, you've, uh, you, you've put in the hard work to be able to go ahead and get us started here. I've got one that I'll push back on, but I want you to go ahead and set the table for those who uh, who who might just be tuning in. Yeah, so I, I figured like there are certain rivalries that uh, how much time do we really need to spend debating? And I hope we actually have a debate on, on a couple of these, but these are the ones that I feel like are definitely going to happen. 
uh, either because ESPN and the league office in both schools want or ESPN league office and, and at least one school really wants and the other school doesn't really have uh, much of a leg to stand up for pushback. <laughs> and, uh, so I came up with eight of them and I think there's probably more, but these are the eight that I felt pretty safe with. So, you know, Tennessee, Bama, uh, Georgia, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Texas and Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, Red River, obviously, Texas, Arkansas, which might surprise people, but like they played for the national championship multiple times. It's Arkansas finally has a rival in the conference now. Correct. Exactly. Uh, uh, the, the Egg Bowl, uh, the Iron Bowl, and I mean, I, I think that's – and Florida, Georgia, right? The, the, unless I already said that. So there's there's eight of them. Um, do we have a pushback on these? I, I don't think Texas and Texas A&M is a guarantee. Oh, really? Yeah, I is. definitely do. Interesting. Why, why, Chip? Because they, I mean, they broke it off. They haven't played. I mean, it's it's more about the these other rivalries have have chapters of you know continued play. Like the reason why you're going to keep uh, the Georgia Auburn game is because you know the Iron Bowl is 100 percent going to stay. But the, the Georgia Auburn game is the long you know Deep South's oldest rivalry. You know Alabama Tennessee the the continued number of occurrences. Texas and Texas A and M they broke it off. Um, I, I don't think that's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. Do you think just from like the, the selling point when like the league office and ESPN? Yes. Yes. I was going to say of all the reasons like prioritized by the SEC when they create these matchups, what, what do you think is most important to them? Protecting historic rivalries, competitive balance or ratings? for the networks, for the conference they've sold to. You know, so, I'm going to go with ratings. Right? <laughs> ratings. I think that's number one. Like, I think yeah. you want to have the highest number you possibly can get. That's why I think Texas Texas A&M will be in there. I, I think it's ratings, but I also think we have to balance other factors, uh, like I, schedule difficulty, right? For the bottom-feeding schools, uh, and there's probably four or five of them, this is going to drastically reduce their opportunity to make a bowl game every year by going to nine games. So – like, does it matter to them, right? Uh, is it top or could it help them if you kind of pair them together? Right, exactly. So like, like balancing the overall difficulty of the schedule, if you do that method, then you could make it a little bit tougher at the top for your top schools, but you're going to get much better matchups, right? Um, also, like the schools are going to have choices in this. You know, I, I was talking to, talking to Jordan, uh, you know, pre-show, and like Kentucky considers Tennessee to be their number one rival. Tennessee probably has Kentucky like fifth on the rival list. They've played forever, but it's not a close rivalry. It's not very competitive. There's not a lot of like classic Kentucky-Tennessee games that we can actually call unless you guys have some some favorites. Uh, so like if you're if they have to do like ranked choice type of thing, I, I think like when we go through this, we'll probably see because you're going to have some schools just screaming that they're getting totally screwed. And I think everybody's going to get at least one of their top choices in this. I would have to guess to balance with the ratings factor. We're definitely going three, right? Oh yeah, I would be shocked I, if it's just. If it's, I if saw it's, Dan Mullen said I think the way to go is two and six. You know, but two, that's an eight game nine. schedule. Yeah, it's if they go eight, right? But like if you're ESPN, is there a possibility they could do that? There is, but like, so. yeah, I don't. I think ESPN is going to want at least nine. 
I hope so. I mean, because if yeah. they go two six, I'll be severely disappointed. I think a lot of college football fans will, and it'll just kind of perpetuate this whole. Some teams are some conferences playing eight, some are playing nine. That'll be a bummer to me. I think and they'll also, go three though. And I think the expanded playoff makes teams a little more willing to go a nine game conference schedule too, because there's more wiggle room to get in. So who does uh who's who gets where do you want to start, Bud? Who do we round out Auburn to just start to finish the puzzle and create the dominoes? Because if you've got Alabama and Georgia, you've got to consider competitive balance, and we've got to pull up somebody from um, the perceived bottom of the conference to be able to round out those protected rivalries, right? Well, at first, I want to ask: Is there any guaranteed rival that we think has to be on here? That's not already correct. Yeah, like um. Arkansas, LSU. LSU, Bama is only like a modern thing. Right. I would have... Oh, oh, LSU, Arkansas. Yeah. The boot. We think that's going to be interesting. I think that that's a good... LSU needs three games. Yeah, and that's a good balance, and they've got a rivalry trophy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a sweet one, too. Mm -hmm. It is. I wonder how they... I mean, they've played a decent number of times. I I think they kind of consider like... Ole Miss to be a bigger rival than, Ar- than Arkansas, though. I mean, those, I, I'd have be, Ole Miss playing LSU too. Yeah. Do we have? Interesting. Are you, I, how do we, how do we want? So okay, so we we want to put Arkansas there because I I don't know if I, hmm. I, it's fun. I for me LSU three rivals are easy. Oh oh okay. Let, let's start with LSU then. All right, Arkansas, Florida, Ole Miss. Hmm. So no A and M. Oh yeah, no A and M. No. no. Arkansas. And also, I do think that if we do this, we, if the SEC or the Big Ten or any conference does this, don't don't etch it in stone. Put it in four-year cycles. Two home games, two away games in each, especially if you're going 3-6-6, because that way you're playing the other sixes at least twice. Go four-year cycles, and that way leave it flexible. Like, okay, if something develops and something's kind of stagnating, you can change them up a little bit. The ACC did that. They only committed yeah. to... A couple cycles. Mm-hmm. That's to lock the way in, to go. Yeah, to lock in the new divisionless format. Is there a good drivable game for LSU? This is the other point I wanted to bring up. I do think one of the things that make the SEC unique is the number of uh, games that you can typically drive to. Right. I guess Ole Miss is somewhat drivable, but like your your three closest drivable games for LSU traditionally have been Auburn, Bama, and Mississippi State. Like Arkansas is a hell of a drive from Baton Rouge. I mean, Arkansas is hard to get to for everybody. Florida is a really hard drive. I unfortunately have to make that about once a year, typically. Uh, Ole Miss is reasonable. I, that's, hmm, I don't know. Like we we can do that. Jordan also in the chat says Missouri, Oklahoma, which I do think will will almost certainly happen. Yes, I have Oklahoma as one of Oklahoma and Mizzou is one of my three for each. Do we? Uh, um, does anybody not have Oklahoma, Missouri? So well, you want to round out Oklahoma? We got to round out some to be able to create the dominoes. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so let's go. Are we are we dead set on on Arkansas LSU? Like, we, Danny, yeah. you're kind of the I think it is. I think the battle for the boots got to be in there. I think you got to keep that. All right, we'll, we will give that to Arkansas then. All right, and LSU goes on Arkansas schedule there. I'm going to kill on top right here. We'll kill those two. And All I right, think we could also throw in Missouri on Arkansas schedule and round out Arkansas. I think that's probably doable. Yeah, 
Agreed. Disagreement. Disagreement. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you want there? For who? Mizzou or Arkansas? Well, for either, I guess. My well, three, Arkansas's last slot. Yeah, my my three Arkansas rivalries are LSU because the boot. And then I went back to the SWC. Their other two rivals will be Texas and Texas A&M. So they haven't actually played Texas A&M that much. But I – okay, here's the thing I think. I, I think Missouri, they don't really have a lot of, like, classic rivals other than Oklahoma, but I think they want a, a very drivable game. And Fayetteville for Missouri is by far the most drivable. I did not consider driving distance when I was looking at these, by the way. I tr- I didn't do it by drivable, but I tried to do for mine, like Loose bordering regional. states, kind of regional yeah. rivalries, yeah. yeah. As right, much so as possible. Do we want to vote on this? Ar- Arkansas, Missouri? I'm, that's I would say LSU Arkansas is my strongest. I would that would be the one that I would like fight for. That's my strongest Arkansas permanent rival. I mean, I, I think Arkansas Texas for sure is the biggest one. You want to th- we want to go ahead and throw Oklahoma on Missouri on there? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's pretty safe to do. Mm-hmm. Don't, does everybody? I assume. Like, yes, that's yeah, yeah, that's Big Eight baby. Okay. All right, that's so, big. Like I've seen, I've seen a whole bunch of like proposals for this. And everybody keeps like having Missouri play Texas and Texas A and M because they think of the Big Twelve. It's like they're not. Missouri was never rivals with either of those. Yeah, schools. exactly. So, I think we got to do Kentucky Tennessee. Yes, I agree. See, this is an interesting one. I I think I agree with you because if you have the schools rank it, that's going to be Kentucky's top choice. If I remember from the sort of behind the scenes scuttlebutt. When we saw the uh, the ACC do this, there, it's like you're gonna get two that you want, and you're gonna get one that you get stuck with. Mm-hmm. That's just like the way that the logic's gonna end up breaking. Where some coaches and some athletic directors felt like they didn't get everything that they wanted, but when asked to prioritize what they really wanted, I think that you, like you said, it's the the preferred order choice type thing that you were mentioning earlier, Bud. And I think that Kentucky and Tennessee both. Like Kentucky has Tennessee high, and I think Kentucky will be high enough for that to be able to to click. That makes sense. Um, all right, so Kentucky and Tennessee, we each have one. Of I also think we can easily round out Tennessee with Vanderbilt because Vandy, Tennessee is not going yeah. anywhere. All right, so this is an interesting point because if you do this, that means you are not getting Tennessee, Florida, you're not getting Tennessee, Georgia, you're not getting Tennessee, Auburn annually, but you are, but they will be getting two of those three every year. Mm-hmm. They obviously are playing Bama. If you're a Tennessee fan, are you okay with that? Because I feel like... Heck yeah, you're celebrating that. You get to play Kentucky and Vanderbilt Andy. every year. You're loving it. Okay. Yeah, Tennessee. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm just saying from the Tennessee part, I think if you're some other schools, you're probably like, why did Tennessee get the cakewalk? Yeah, I think as long as you're going 3-6-6, you don't love it. But you're okay with doing it every other year. If you from a ticket sales standpoint, you kind of hate it. Because like v- Vanderbilt's not going to travel. Kentucky's not going to travel very well. Good thing you've got all that TV money then, bud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All fans in the chat and Jordan are very happy with it. (laughs) Poor South Carolina. We're sitting here. Wow. Yeah, deep into the deep into the operation. We got Tennessee rounded out. The Gamecocks got no rivals. You know what it was for so long. So passionate. No rivals. We only got one for Florida. 
right, when can I was, finish Auburn or oh sorry Tom go ahead no I was just gonna say with South Carolina like when I was doing this last night and this morning like I'm sitting there thinking well they already play Clemson I don't want to be super mean to them and it's like but I want to give them Georgia and I want and it's just like I don't know man they're already playing Clemson every year now I'm giving them these programs too it's tough yeah, border you gotta I think South Carolina Georgia's got to be there and that round that rounds out Georgia and that rounds out Georgia with like a competitive yeah. mm-hmm. kind of balance. Yeah, no, I know it sucks for South Carolina though. <laughs> we all we all go with that. Yeah, I, I mean, but like South Carolina is they're underdogs to what eleven of the sixteen teams annually. Mm-hmm. And that's not like trying to be a jerk about it, but just tradition, right? And, and just roster quality. Uh, they do have great fans. Okay, hey Auburn. Can we? We need to finish them out. I assume with somebody who is pretty, uh, pretty low. So that's Mississippi State or Vandy, I would guess. I ended up giving a Mississippi State. Yeah, I like that. Danny, what do you think about that? Could you work Ole Miss or no? I think oh, no, Ole are- Miss. Auburn and Mississippi State are little brother cousins. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> second second son rivalry. <laughs> you can work Ole Miss if you don't care about Ole Miss Vandy. But those schools are so close together that I mm-hmm. think they kind of care about each other. I this is like there's gonna be stuff left on the cutting room floor when we when we do this for sure. Uh I don't know what what's the best way to round out Auburn that also doesn't screw everything else up. I like Mississippi State. I like Mississippi State. I like Mississippi State. You can talk me into that one. All right, let's do Miss State here. Oh, man. Hey, Jordan, the formatting works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to think of a trophy for that. What, yes, for the Auburn right. Mississippi State? Yeah, for the second sun rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, we're, Alabama, you want to leave? We need a second one for LSU. We've talked a lot about LSU and the, all the different teams. We also need a second one for Florida if we want to bring LSU Florida back into the equation. I think I know have we to go do. LSU Ole Miss. Or, yes. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, like, go. That was, the, that was actually the rivalry that was most close to putting on, putting on the pre show stuff. LSU Ole Miss? Yeah. They like they don't like each other. They've yeah. got a long history. I like that. It's, it's also somewhat drivable, whereas like Arkansas is kind of not. Um Yeah, so now LSU has Arkansas and Ole Miss. And hey, you know what? For those uh, listening at home, here's what we've got so far. Alabama has Auburn and Tennessee missing a third. Arkansas has Texas and LSU missing a third. Auburn Three permanent protected rivalries, Alabama, Georgia, and Mississippi State. Florida, we currently have them with Georgia, missing two. Georgia, rounded out. It's three are Auburn, Florida, South Carolina. Kentucky just has Tennessee right now. LSU has Arkansas and Ole Miss. Mississippi State has Ole Miss and Auburn. Missouri just has Oklahoma. Oklahoma has Texas and Missouri. Ole Miss, you've got Mississippi State and LSU. South Carolina just has Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Texas A&M just has Texas. Vanderbilt just has Tennessee. Can we... Sorry, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, can we just give Texas A&M, Oklahoma each other? They're not really rivals, and I kind of wonder if like, if that's going to piss off Texas A&M more than already having to play Texas because it's like, hey, we still consider you a Big 12 school, and here's all these Big 12 opponents uh, that you get to play. (laughs) 
But I mean, tech, oh, you could say Oklahoma and Texas A&M aren't really rivals, but who else in the SEC is Oklahoma rivals with? That's fair. At least they uh, have a history. SWC and Big 12, or no, Big 12, not SWC. That's true. Oh, the Ole Miss LSU rivalry game needs to be the Coach O trophy. Shout out to Vols fan 98 for that one. <laughs> a shirtless coach. I need a bronze shirtless Coach O. So just Coach O? Challenging everyone to a fight. So just Coach O. Yeah. <laughs> he just needs to show up and stand on the sideline. And then after the game, the winning team picks him up and carries him to the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think Texas A&M LSU, by the way, is somewhat drivable. And they that has been nasty in recent years, I guess. The fun, it is pretty uh, short. Yeah. The like seven overtime game fights, you know, Texas A&M handing LSU a loss, even though LSU had already clinched the SEC West. I mean, we've we've got some theatrics there for sure. Florida people apparently don't want LSU, by the way. I'm just trying to think ahead on this. Why not? Like, why not? Like they don't they don't like like each other, but it's like a don't they don't want to play that every year, I guess. I don't know why. If well, then, then they have to be back on Twitter, not official That's social. what a rivalry is. The real rivalries right. are the ones where the fan base is denied. You want to go hang out? Yeah. <laughs> wanna go play golf before the game? Yeah. Come on. Um all right. So where where are we going here? We want Texas and Oklahoma? I think it makes more sense than Texas AM and anybody else, honestly. All right. I think if you're going to do that, Arkansas, you, you have to give Missouri Arkansas then because those schools are going to want to play mm-hmm. each other, I think, like for, yes. just for yes. driving distance. It also allows Arkansas the chance to have an actual win potentially or or Missouri to have an actual win. Correct. Yeah. All right. All right. So that closes out Arkansas with Texas, LSU, and Missouri. Um, great rivalry and to a uh, battle line rivalry in the boot. Love, love that. Love where we're at with the Hawks. Can we close? All right, so we're just going to still leave. Florida's just going to sit back and take the scraps is apparently where we're headed right now. I mean, you get Florida gets – so Florida's a really interesting one because you get a lot of their fans say they don't want to play LSU every year. Florida-Auburn actually for most of our lives has been a pretty good rivalry just the last like decade or so. They really have rarely played it since the expansion to 14. Florida-Tennessee. So they're going to get LSU-Auburn-Tennessee – basically every other year. So one, so one year you'll play two, the other year you'll, you'll you'll play one of those in addition to playing Georgia. And they already play FSU, which seems like it's on the way back. Uh, well, it depends like on how the, Florida turns out. Yeah, I've got South Carolina playing Florida as one of their rivals. Spurrier yeah. trophy. I do too. Yeah. My yeah. Florida rivals were Georgia, LSU, and South Carolina. All right, so we want to put Florida, South Carolina, just get everybody at least to two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we still have old Vanderbilt sitting down there. That's right. Kentucky. We need to figure out who gets Vandy since Kentucky. we gave Mississippi State. Yeah. Kentucky oh, yeah. and Vandy. Bang, bang. Yeah, that's your Kentucky Vandy. Happy. Tennessee Vandy. Yeah, would we rather Kentucky Vandy? I guess because Mississippi State needs one too. And if we go, I don't know, if we go Mississippi State, Kentucky, they already play each other annually in the current thing. Then you could get, uh, you could keep Ole Miss Vandy, which probably keeps Ole Miss happy. But I don't know. Like, do we care? But you want you want Kentucky Vandy? We can do that. Yeah. And then I think I think Vandy's final one is Ole Miss. 
Yep. That's perfect. So Vandy would be playing. Yeah, yeah, because we didn't give Van, we, we didn't give Vandy to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Right, so we actually were able to keep that. That's not bad. Yeah, not messing Miss, this up, right? No, Ole Miss rounded out with Mississippi State, LSU, and Vandy. Vandy rounded out with Tennessee, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. Again, Texas is rounded out with Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. Oklahoma rounded out with Texas, Missouri, Texas A&M. Georgia's got Auburn, Florida, South Carolina. That makes total sense. And Arkansas, Auburn's got Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi State. Arkansas's got Texas, LSU, and Missouri. And now we have hit the point where, like, league offices are just going to have to hand some some rivalries to uh, to some of these teams just to to make all the logic work. So who gets their priority now? I, I do want to point out something in the chat. It says it's pretty lame to have Texas playing all Big 12 games. You can't create a new rivalry. Like Arkansas has not been in the Big 12 for 25 years, 22 yeah. years now. Arkansas like that, was never in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. You know what and happens Ar- to the other like six games they're playing against yeah, other right. SEC teams? Arkansas also stomped the hell out of Texas the last time they played. By the way, we, we should point out. So they're. This is sort of even if you don't like it as Texas fans, this is sort of in that Kentucky Tennessee range where. If you're Arkansas and you have to turn in like your top five choices, it's like Texas, and then you write Texas again second just just to be sure the league office gets your point, right? Also, so, yeah. How, why can't we create a rivalry? Is just an absolute misnomer. What, what's your favorite created rivalry? Tom? That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, UCF, new. UCF, and UConn. The civil conflict. That's what that's what he wants. He wants more civil conflicts. Te- <laughs> Texas A&M, South Carolina, which was created in in fourteen, right when, mm-hmm. when they expanded, or, or whenever Missouri came over. South Carolina, uh, Mizzou, or twelve. Or, old school hatred there. Kentucky, Mississippi State's been a, been an absolute rivalry. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, Dabo versus NIL. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, in your when you're bringing in these new schools, you want to make them feel at home. So give them the schools they're familiar with. Like the fan base is already know them. It's already there. It doesn't feel cheap and manufactured right off the bat, which is the concern when you do something like this. I, I think I have a banger. Is it, I mean Alabama LSU just round so them both out? I, yeah, I because I was a little like I'm not really sure on this. If you're not going to give LSU Texas A&M, LSU is going to want. I think LSU wants Bama. If your Bama is Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, too tough? That's too tough. No. No. How is that not too tough? It depends on how – well – You're Alabama. So you're not going to be Alabama forever? Isn't this where, like, you think – does ESPN step in and be like, look look how often CBS picks Bama LSU for its Nike? That's – yeah. Honestly, that's one thing for the like. To, we've got Tennessee rounded out, but saying goodbye to Florida, Tennessee. Tennessee's been Florida, Tennessee has been an SEC on CBS game almost yeah. annually. Isn't that the third Saturday in September, September. game? <laughs> it's it's like the third Saturday in September, which isn't a thing, but kind of is a thing. They like tried to make it a thing in the '90s when Florida and Tennessee were playing for. Yeah, I remember best. some bangers. Florida and Tennessee were doing away with that one. I think you, I mean, you could give, you could make Florida, Tennessee, but then it really. Too far gone, Danny. Give Vanderbilt, Missouri. No, Missouri is going to want. Missouri would love Vanderbilt. Let's just get that straight. (laughs) I guess we're no longer worried about drivability now. We're just going to throw Baton Rouge and Tuscaloosa together. I think that LSU, 
Arkansas Ole Miss has room for a third that is a step up in competition, or at least like perceived. Yeah, Florida. 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 You could give them Florida, yeah, if you want, okay. and just just piss like. Oh, sorry, Florida fans, we're we're, we're going to give you LSU still. No, you guys do. I, if I'm outvoted, I'm outvoted. But I would. I don't know if you are outvoted. I, I think we're just going through the options. Like, so for LSU's third rivalry that we're choosing between Alabama and Florida, and for and I Alabama, think A and M. I'm not as yeah. in A and M, but no, I actually I kind of like LSU A and M because Bud's right. That is a very quick drive. Like. I remember one time I had a connecting flight. I was coming back from New Orleans and it had to stop in Houston. And I'm sitting there thinking we might as well, they might as well just put us on a bus and drove us here. Like that had to have been cheaper than flying us 20 minutes. I remember I had to get to the, um, the LSU Nike or the Baton Rouge, excuse me, New Orleans, uh, Nike camp. Um, and I was on a flight and they, they realized they were having like all these, all these problems. Like Can I just get off. And the flight attendant was like, check a bag i was like no she's like okay yeah and there's like i, I got to get to there because it starts early in the morning and this is the last flight out of uh yeah of, of there so i ended up making that drive and it's really not uh it's not that bad it's it's like five and a half i guess um i don't know i lsu florida is more of a defined rivalry in my opinion mm-hmm. lsu bama is the best game right. if you if you go lsu bama you almost have to give Texas A&M who? Because I'm worried about like... Well, then it becomes Florida, and now we've got a created rivalry. Now we've forced something. And, yeah, and or the Missouri. Arg- the argument against giving Texas A&M LSU is that Texas A&M's three rivals are then Texas, Oklahoma, and LSU, which is not Monster. nice. That is just mean. That is true. We're not giving them Alabama. A&M, that is. Mm-hmm. That would so be you funny. Could, why, you that would give them on, especially if it was four years. Yeah, you, you could give a And M reevaluate when Jimbo's gone and Nick retires. Yeah, you can give them Missouri. You can give them Mississippi State. I think Missouri would make more sense. But if you give Mississippi State, then it's uh, it's not a all old Big Twelve matchup. Yeah, Mississippi State's got that spot to fill too. You want to round out Texas A&M with Mississippi State? Yeah. Yeah, some it's not some sort of agricultural thing. Yeah, yeah there you go. Aggies, there you go. 100%. <laughs> they can play for like the bronze hoe. <laughs> so now there you go. Now we're creating trophies too. I like look it. Look at this. I like it. All right, so the we've we've got a matchup out some some version of uh Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, LSU, Missouri, and South Carolina to finish this out. Don't you just throw Kentucky and South Carolina together? Or Missouri and South Carolina. No, wait, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missouri still, still has another one to fill. See, that. Hmm. Or Missouri, Kentucky. Here's, that is here's an easy draw for Kentucky. Here's the problem that we're kind of coming up across here. With the games that are remaining, Alabama's third rival has to be Florida, Kentucky, LSU, Missouri, or South Carolina. Missouri and South Carolina make no sense as a rival for Alabama. So if you're giving it to them, you're only giving them as a here. We want yeah, to it cannot sure be South Carolina, like yeah. because South Carolina already plays Clemson. And already plays Georgia. Already played Georgia. Oh my God, that's why we should do it. We should make them play Clemson, Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, Alabama. every year. <laughs> you take the check. You take the losses. I right? think you I keep guess. LSU, Alabama. That's my vote. 
Yeah, that's fine. I think of the remaining options, that makes the most sense. All right, I think that could be wild. And that's the TV partner stepping in, too. Mm -hmm. And then if you flow Florida, well, then, man, Florida would be a – I get you play Florida State, but South Carolina, Kentucky, I don't think you can do that, can you? That's too much of a gift. Well, there's got to be – there's going to be well, some winners and losers. Florida's going to be pissed about this for one thing in that like, there are years in which they they never get the home game against Georgia and they never play a road game against Georgia. But technically there's that one year where they only get three SEC home games, right? Because the, the game in Jacksonville, the cocktail party, counts as a home game. So then if two of your three home games in that year happen to be South Carolina, Kentucky – that's a pretty bad like because those teams are not going to travel and like as well as the best teams. And then your home fans may not love that quite as much, I guess. Um I say we fill in Alabama LSU. Let's 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 round right, let's, those two out. Let's have some chaos. Oh, sorry. Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU make sense for Alabama, and LSU gets Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Alabama. That makes sense for LSU. Florida now is either going to get South Carolina, Missouri, or Kentucky. I think Kentucky makes the most sense. Me too. You know they Florida? Won 29 well, straight Florida, years. Florida already plays South Carolina in this. Yeah. Oh, uh, then it has to be. That's yeah. when it gets easy. It's either but Florida, I mean, it's Missouri, like anybody else. Or... It's either Florida, Missouri, or Florida, Kentucky. I think it's Florida. Florida I think Kentucky, Florida Kentucky. makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. OG, then, SEC. I mean, Mizzou and South Carolina makes no sense geographically, but they do both play in Columbia. So yep. that's fun, at least. <laughs> I got a question. He's football only? Yes. Yeah. I asked that this morning. Yeah. Basketball. They already, like they've said that they're only going to do this for football? Yeah, because in basketball, like you're what? You're playing like a 20 game 20 conference schedule. schedule. So it doesn't. Yeah. Can't do it. You're playing everybody at least once anyway. The, um, and in the twenty-game conference schedule, you're playing everybody at least once, and I think you really are only guaranteed like one or two that are going to for sure be a home and home, and yeah, then the rest have... of it just kind of rotates. Mm -hmm. Okay, it'll be five home and homes and fifteen single opponents. So this is super hard, by the way, to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, somebody's going to be pissed it. off regardless. Coming up Wednesday on the Cover Three podcast. <laughs> All right, so. Alabama has Auburn, Tennessee, LSU. Arkansas has Texas, LSU, Missouri. Auburn has Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi State. Florida has Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky. Georgia has Auburn, Florida, and South Carolina. Kentucky has Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Florida. LSU has Arkansas, Ole Miss, Alabama. Mississippi State has Ole Miss, Auburn, Texas A&M. Missouri has Oklahoma, Arkansas, South Carolina. Oklahoma has Texas, Missouri, Texas A&M. Ole Miss has Mississippi State, LSU, Vanderbilt. South Carolina has Georgia, Florida, Missouri. Tennessee has Alabama, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Texas has Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Texas A&M gets Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi State. And Vanderbilt gets Tennessee, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. So what's what feels the best? What feels the rightest that might be even close? To, like, I feel like this is going to be a draw that we are probably going to see. We tried our best, but we know that this is not going to be exactly what it is. And if it is, Auburn's, Auburn's SEC, league league office, SEC league Georgia. office owes us money. Uh, I, Georgia and I, Texas, yeah. Yeah, Georgia and Texas, I think we nailed dead on. Like, I would bet a lot of money that that is, that is Texas' schedule. 
And mm-hmm. Danny, you said Auburn was yeah, the one. That- I like the Mississippi State one eh, is a little bit forced, but I, I mean the other two are hundred percent locks. Yeah, it could be Vandy. Yeah. Okay, so I, I see some Missouri fans in the chat, which but or maybe they're South Carolina fans talking about how they're they don't like how Missouri has Oklahoma, Arkansas, South like South Carolina feels forced for them. But here's my thought: if I'm the SEC and I'm getting a complaint from South Carolina fans or Missouri fans, I'm saying Missouri. We gave you Arkansas and Oklahoma, which are the two – like you get your biggest rival in OU, you get your most drivable game in Arkansas, shut up, right? And then South Carolina, we gave you Georgia and Florida, which are your two best home game draws every year, and like you're getting to play the two big boys, and then we give you a bit of a break in Missouri because even though you've not been a better program than Missouri, all your fans think that you are. So here, right? I. That's are those teams really getting screwed that much? I mean, I, mean, I think this is so fair that even Vanderbilt, like Vanderbilt's not getting hammered here. Yeah, South Carolina is eternally screwed as long as they continue playing Clemson every year and they've got to play Georgia every year. And it's just it's as long as those two are Georgia and Clemson, you're just screwed no matter what you do. There's no combination of three opponents we can give South Carolina where they're not gonna be like, eh. And there's going and like we said. We've seen this already be executed at the major conference level in college football. Throughout the grid, there is going to be some third rivals that are like, "Say what now?" I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get that one, and that's because it's going to have to break that way just to make everything work. Um, is there is there so who gets easy? Who gets an easier draw from breaking this up into the to the divisionless? three protected rivalries, uh, six rotating type games. I think Vandy's draw is pretty soft overall compared to what you could get. That's like, what I'm I was not, thinking. Oh, yeah. this is going to have – oh, sorry. Yes, I agree on Vandy. That's Those are winnable, oh, yeah. right-ish, if you play You're really welcome, well. welcome, Barton. We love you. We helped you out. Um, Ole Miss is a West team – that is now going to not have to play Bama or Auburn or A&M every year. We have them play Mississippi State, LSU, Vandy. Like that's that's about as good of a draw as you could possibly get. And they're going to be getting a lot more like the Missouri, South Carolina, you know, level stuff. Uh, that they're probably the biggest winner in this. I would I would think. I would say Tennessee, Tennessee wins too. Yeah, <laughs> they, they want like Alabama's a beast, obviously, but they want that game. So getting that game and then Kentucky Vandy to go along with it instead of maybe a Florida or somebody else, I think is a pretty soft landing for them. Billy Napier loves Florida's draw. Yes. Uh, I like anytime where you're saying like you're sad to see the rivalry go, it probably means your schedule got easier. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Oh, they're gonna have to play more West teams. So I, I have a hard time putting almost any East teams in there that still have to play Georgia as a winner in the scheduling category because now like you're gonna have to play West teams more often. You're not getting to like Florida every year was getting South Carolina, Missouri, Vandy, on, Kentucky on the schedule. Now it has to play Georgia, but it doesn't have to play Tennessee every year. I, I, I think your most of your winners are gonna come from the West, but I, I definitely understand that. Um, South Carolina's probably gets harder overall with Georgia, Florida kept, and then now you have to introduce those West teams more often. Mm-hmm. I um, I see that Georgia get what, harder. 
I think Georgia unquestionably gets harder. Yes. I mean, you're, you're keeping the second best program in the East, which is Florida, over the last like 10 or 20 years, right? I understand they were not the best program in the last three to four years. But if you're doing this, like you're not just looking at total recency bias. Georgia's definitely gets harder. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I think that could really change us up is if you don't give AM Oklahoma because they're not really rivals. And, and I think AM will give you a lot of pushback if the SC tries to do this with the whole idea of like, look, please don't give us all these old Big 12 teams when we weren't even really like much of a rival with OU. Then you could get that's the one, like of the ones that we did early, that's the one I think that I'm the least confident the league will do. Because I think you're already going to push back from Texas or from AM about having to play Texas every year. And I think that the SC's answer to that will be deal with it. Please. Hey, you want to know how I know that? Because that was what happened when the SEC was having those conversations behind <laughs> Texas AM's back. Right. With Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, so funny. Texas AM said, What now? Or at SEC Media Day. You're doing who? Mm, yeah, they, the SEC League office is going to operate um, without Texas A&M as, as the top. Um, they, Texas A&M doesn't have the phone number to the red phone in Sankey's office. They've got to call reception and then get pushed through on line three. Uh, there are other schools that I think have the number to the red phone in Sankey's office to be able to, to make things happen. Just this my read. Though. On the situation. Uh, again, if you're listening at home, I cannot encourage this enough. Uh, Bud, thank you for throwing this together for all the visuals and those who have been hanging out watching with us live. Uh, it's been great interaction. You can also watch the chat on replay when you watch it on youtube.com slash cover three. Again, congratulations. We have solved the SEC scheduling uh, conundrum for when they expand to 16 teams for the 2024 season with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. And again, Southeastern Conference, if you use this exact model, please uh, please send a Venmo. Uh, we'll, we'll send it through Jordan, and then he can worry about dispersing to the rest of us. Those are I, don't, I don't trust Jordan at all with that. Well, the key for our operation is to have untrustworthy people who we can sell out when we get in trouble. Oh, good point. I, mean, <laughs> I think we can trust Jordan because we just gave Tennessee the schedule they wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And now he's now he's mad with power and thinking he can get away with anything. <laughs> uh, and thanks to all of you for hanging out with us. Uh, we're going to continue to follow this story, including, as we mentioned at the beginning of the story, reports that the Big 12 is going to be aggressive in expansion efforts now that this piece of the equation uh, has been solidified. We will be back Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can follow him on Twitter at Bud 3 You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. Follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See y'all.